Hello world, welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive with Eyal Shai. My guest today is Maya Apollonia Roday. Hi Maya. Hello, so great to be here with you Eyal. It's really good to have you here and thanks for coming on. Um, today we're just going to open with uh, a rhyme. So the stage is yours. Thank you. This is called The Sculptor and the Stone. One day, a sculptor all alone took a chisel to a stone and with one movement of her hand, a world of time and space began. She chiseled here and chiseled there and soon a universe appeared. She gave it color, she gave it sound, she gave it up and gave it down. She gave it hills and gave it trees. She gave it stars and galaxies. She gave it creatures of all sizes and all sorts of fun surprises like eyes and ears and hands and feet, like soft and warm and cold and heat like earth and water air and fire she gave and gave and did not tire and then she gave it you and me and all things through eternity and she rejoiced for she was glad to give it everything she had. Yet, there was something still to give, the one thing that could make it live. And in the moment when she knew it, she breathed all of herself into it. Some say the sculptor is no more. There's nowhere you can find her. Others say she's everywhere and nothing is behind her. You'll find opinions everywhere, but the answer's in your heart. You've always known the sculptor of this living work of art. And some would say through speculation, she disappeared in her creation. Still, others see and so can you perceive directly what is true. That everything in whole or part is itself the sculptor's heart. In every inch and every mile, every frown and every smile, in every shape and every sound, that's where the sculptor can be found. In all the feelings, all the sights, throughout your days and darkest nights, in every one of every race, you behold 
the sculptor's face. And when they all look back at you, they behold the sculptor too. You are the hills, the stars, the trees, and endless possibilities like birds that fly and fish that swim and oceans that they swim within. Just look and you will see it's true. Everything's announcing you. Listen, you can hear the call of it echoing, echoing. You are all of it. Thank you so much um, being here and, and listening to it is, is something special. Um, Recordings of this can be found, but uh, I just experienced it in, in real time. So thank you very much for it. Such a, a, a lovely poem, I think, that is, yeah, just brings a, a sense of, of serenity and peace, I think, to one's mind and whole body. And also really resonates with some of the stuff that I've been talking with people about in the last days, which is the dual nature. Um, I don't want to say dual nature, but the, the perspective that matters so much when we look at, at us, is it us? Are we you know, completely one with another thing or are we separate? And I think that's, that's something that I find there um, interesting, this exploration and the question um about that so i i'd like to to hear from you um a little bit about the origins of of this rhyme and um yeah maybe the the inspiration behind it yeah gosh that's a beautiful question i haven't thought about the origin story of this origin story for a while um, it came, it started coming when I was sitting on silent retreats, uh, with a teacher named Adya Shanti that I spent many years with. And the, the line, um, that, let's see, I forget which line came first. But there was a sense of contemplating the nature of what is God. And I, I was feeling into my own experience and knowing that, let's say, the divine feminine was so integral that, that there was necessarily a balance if we're going to put a gender on a creator. And um, and one of the lines from the poem came to mind as the sort of core of the rhyme, which often my poems do that. And then as I was in silence on retreat, it, it grew from that. 
And I think that that part of what I was feeling inspired in the rhyme was to honor every bit of existence in in a field where sometimes, let's say, on a silent retreat that has, quote unquote, non-dual teachings, it can be easy to get like caught in the emptiness and feel like pure consciousness is all there is and all that matters. And that deep love of the heart that cares about every little thing um, in the world, that there was that that deeply loving creator. I think actually, as I'm talking it out, that's the origin was the coming together of that realization that I had when I was a teenager about unconditional love and how deeply important and vital that was to my own path. And then to marry that with that sense of of being it all and coming sort of prior to existence that what is it when that love meets that consciousness and i think that's what gave life to this poem yeah that's that's beautiful and uh, i think it's it's special the the poem in the sense that it brings together the um, creation story of Abrahamic religions in the sense that there is definitely a creator that's extraneous to the world in the beginning. But then, um, because it's within the power of an omnipotent creator, um, she also decides to coalesce into her own creation. And then we move on to something that's more Eastern, I think, in um, in origin, and it's an interesting way of of looking at it because this is also something that for us humans is confusing. So this self that can trouble us so much, I feel like having it um, kind of fighting to make it the right kind of self that we want or um, trying to maybe make it go away through some sort of ego death or something like that and it seems that we're not we don't yet have a, a conception of having a, a real healthy self as in we want to transcend and maybe say goodbye to that self and recently i've been thinking about how you know, if you've actually transcended yourself in the sense that you've found your place in something that's bigger than you, right? You could still be looked at at the level of the individual and you could still be recognized, but you would be put in a beautiful um, composition where you are fitting um, and around you are going to be other things in this world. And so you are going to be recognized as a distinct self, but you are going to be um, well-fitted with everything and therefore beautiful. And that is something that this uh, poem, yeah, 
gives gives rise to when it when it interacts with my mind um yeah i don't know i don't have a point apart from that to make but i wonder how that strikes you yeah i love your reflections on this poem that might be my favorite articulation i've heard so far um Hmm. Yeah, to it seems like a paradox, doesn't it? That one could be the individual and the whole at the same time. But when when we are in our center as let's say the center of that individual that center is the same center of the whole. Like I, the quote from Meister Eckhart comes, I, I believe it's um, God is a circle whose center is everywhere and circumference nowhere. Hmm. So when we come into our center, another quote that comes is be still and know that I am God and that I am isn't, some God saying out there, know that I am God. But when right. you're in the stillness, you know I am God, right? And um, yeah, and what is it to be alive as you, as the individual, which whether we know it or not, we are that creator living as us, whether we have that no self experience or not. You, we can't get rid of the actuality that that life is breathed into us, as the poem yeah. would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm, I've also been uh, wondering since hearing it for the first time. Um, if you could share if anything comes to mind in terms of some applications in the sense that if you carry this poem within you and have it as a, a source of reference it and the things that that uh, the understanding that it kind of helped you arrive at um what would be times in life where you apply this principle and what kind of effect does it cause? Mm, that's a great question. You know, it, it, what comes to mind is not exactly an answer to your question, but I remember sharing this poem with a few people at the Science and Non-Duality Conference in a small group there that was just having a conversation on the side. And some of the people in that circle were more of the, like, stuck in emptiness consciousness. And there was something about sharing this poem that I feel touched something in them that did care and love like if that love is present in someone's heart i feel like they can, they can only be in stuck in emptiness for so long is kind of how it feels um 
and it's it's in all of us anyway but um so so then to apply that let's say to my if i was doing my own practice i would say when do i recall this poem myself if i feel disconnected from myself and the world i'm realizing that oh i could and i have done in the past like sometimes because i know when i recite it myself i elicit that feeling in myself and it brings me back into my center and it it feels soothing it feels soothing to the parts that don't feel connected i guess that's what it is whether it's dis- disconnected out of like stuck in consciousness but why do we we even get stuck in consciousness because there's some kind of pain there's some kind of thing that didn't get held when it needed to or something that that longs for that that deep love of mother kind of thing and so to mm. reconnect with that in myself as let's say a tender human that that wants to get back into balance or and at the same time realize the true my true center and how that is not well i would i was going to say not hurt by what happens in the world but that's not at all true it feels the pain of the world but there's this compassion that i get to hold myself in but that's what comes up when i hear your yeah. beautiful question yeah it's um it is i like it that it's it's not about running away from feeling anything difficult or anything like that but rather um a recognition and a place you can go to to be be at peace with that and realize that this is this is part of everything yeah it's interesting like for me i would think that something like that would come to me uh or the poem or um my takeaway from it would come when i'm dealing with people right and um and understanding that there could be disconnect there i've always been very very sensitive um to disharmony between people like extremely so i can be sensitive about a number of things but this is number one. if i feel rejected if i feel misunderstood if i feel um wrongly judged or anything like that it it hurts so much and then if i'm thinking about something like that it could very well soothe me by saying you know this is yeah not not really me that that's being uh, <laughs> grilled here um but really it's an it's an interaction of of the whole world with a part of the world with itself and yes there's maybe this harmony there but it's very local and there is something bigger than me that still does does it work and uh i can work to have the kind of influence that i can have on, and not worry about what happens outside of me um 
yeah, I think I think that's what it kind of makes me feel. And um, yeah, like I said, like the just the, the the healing property of this of this poem is so is so evident, I think. And it's also the delivery, obviously. Um, it's the tenderness and uh, um, and the metric. Yeah, what 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 is another place that um, that this takes you to? Just put that back to me because I am. I had the question in my mind. So you said it's healing. So what is your visceral, or can you say more about the healing quality and how does that? What's the phenomenon in almost of that? Oh, the phenomenon of healing. Um, this is this is great. I've been thinking so much about healing recently, uh, mainly because of trying to think more and more about states and move things from states to processes, and this includes health. And in a sense, today I feel like there. There is really no health because there is no one state that you can look at and say that's a state of health. It could always be in between unhealthy states or or extreme states or anything like that. And actually to judge whether an organism is healthy, you need to follow it through time. And then it's a process, not a state. So in a sense, recently I've been feeling that we're always healing, that really the healing never stops. And of course, we're going to, to lose in the end if it, if it comes down to you know our individual bodies, we're going to lose. But it's a constant um, process of not losing to entropy, right? And I'm going to say that for me, Healing is gaining an understanding at, at a level high enough so as to really grasp it, hold something, and knowing that it's, it's, it's not going away. And then something clicks because information that was before um, kind of made up of different things becomes compressed into one concept that I know is not fleeting. And therefore, I won't have to expend energy in the future to to hold it together. And therefore, my struggle is going to be lessened. uh, And my struggle is going to be um, a lot less painful. And in a sense, that is a, a, a... type of deeper healing you know knowing that um i won't have to to do that again in a sense i can move on to to healing other things uh, so i know it's unconventional and i hope it's it's um it's clear enough but that's healing to me feeling that something is a bit more harmonious than it was the the moment before with a preference for things that I know are going to stay harmonious for a bit longer than usual. 
Wow, I'm so glad I asked. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, and as you were talking, I was also pondering then that that maybe an element that leads to that harmonization and I like that word as even the way sounds harmonize and they come into resonance that it's about somehow relating things in a way that works well for sort of everyone or the, the parts that are connecting and and that sense of connectedness I think in the poem is the the deepest healing for me is to heal that that feeling of being cut off from nature or cut off from life or feeling separate from whatever we might say comes prior to creation and yeah so that healing of the separation and i like then another way of saying that would be coming into harmony like oh we are we are of the same song yeah uh, harmony is yeah it's it's up there with my favorite words i mean literally it it means to fit together harmonizo in greek is to fit together um and it's it's we know it from music but it, it's really kind of fitting together in even a, a prosaic sense in in its archaic meanings so even fitting together boards to make a floor but it it really doesn't matter i think that ultimately if we sit with it and we get in touch with what our soul really desires the most it's harmony this is the the basic the foundational thing which our soul desires and this is this is when it feels when it feels good when there is harmony um and it explains so much so i don't know how much in detail to go but i think even the things that we chase that end up harming us things like uh, pleasures that people chase and become addicted to something that we have to recognize that pleasure has its own internal harmony this is why we seek it we evolved to feel this visceral harmony in certain things that allows us to to keep uh keep the species going um but once we get to a point where we live in a world of abundance we need to recognize that this type of harmony uh, the visceral harmony is not necessarily conducive to uh, to living well because we have the capability to be creative and to be rational to come up with types of harmony that are more sustainable that are going to be there longer term where we don't have to suffer the um the roller coaster of 
you know, coming down from the Olympus of pleasure down to the dumps of, of the valleys of pain or, um, or of disconnect. And, um, yeah, so harmony is, is such a, such a central concept for me. And it's something that, um, all the time working in my own mind to come up with conceptions that, um, amplify the harmony and so to make sure that in my mind if i'm working to reach some sort of harmony it's not going to take away from any other harmony which i've already established and then step by step i think we can get to a place where we experience more and more harmony with our in, um, during our life it's so fun hearing you reflect on things no wonder you have a podcast of deep dialogues. Um, yeah, harmony. Gosh, what a number of things come to mind. Uh, one is a little. I'll start with. I have uh, a round that came a, a song like a canon that repeats, and it works as a round, and the words of it are: "Listen to the silent song." of everything you see. This is you shining through the ever-present harmony. Listen to the silent song of everything you see. This is you shining through the ever-present harmony. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's there's there's something about uh, circularity, right? Um, in uh, Gödel, Escher, Bach, the famous uh, Douglas Hofstadter book points out, you know, that there is just a a strange loop is something which is enabled by self awareness, and it's just a a theme that goes through our lives and it's just maybe the, the most interesting kind of property of our mind that it's able to do these circular things. And maybe because you said it's a, it's a canon that's also reminiscent of the book because he talks about um, Bach's Crab Canon, which is an amazing uh, piece. I recommend everybody um, to give it a listen. Um, but yeah, this this looking back, right, and recognizing you in something and then realizing that if you were seeing you then who does the seeing and things like that that's always uh, that's always trippy <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah and another thing that really came strongly it's interesting that you're talking about the way you're thing talking about things right now because it's been recent for me to this idea of the fractal nature of self and how sort of like I described being in the center, this we get to be the center of this precious human. And we also, that's not separate from the center of life. And, and then all the fractal layers in between, like, you know, what is it to, what is the sense of self that like the cells of my body have, or what is the sense of self that my family has, or what is the sense of self that a country has, or 
that humanity has or the universe has and and all the different layers of that and so what i've been sort of contemplating recently is like uh like self-love and what is a self-loving act i mean my whole inquiry in recent weeks has been around self-love but particularly in that sense that self isn't limited to just me as a person that that I, myself is fractal into the tiniest things and the the biggest non-thing and and so a truly self-loving act which i would use harmony harmony a harmonized act of myself would be resonant on all the fractal scales ideally in full alignment fractally with my whole self and that includes you and it includes let's say the past and the future so if i think about that movement to toward an addictive behavior that feels good right now maybe to my body because my body's in pain and and not that I have a dr- I don't drink but let's say my body's in pain and I want to have a drink that that is harmonious it feels good in the moment to my body mhm but when i extend my sense of self out more what feels better it's like if i extend myself out a little if i am able to have a larger feeling of my life self and the the future self that's going to have a hard time because i drank again or something it's like that the more that i can develop a greater sense of what it is to be then other things become pleasurable then pleasure can be oh feeling the tears finally coming that i couldn't feel that i was hiding with the drink and not that the drink is bad but but then the pleasure becomes the healing of a greater self maybe that's what comes to mind when you talked about what you talked about yeah yeah the the different the different levels of us to me in in my life that uh just as you say i think for most of us it's kind of strange to think of what would it feel like to be part of a super organism that is well that enjoys good health over time and if 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 all we we know how to feel is kind of what qualia feel to us on on this level of of the individual we realize that it's going to feel something different because we're not going to be on the on the same level of the individual but so i'm trying to think what it must feel like for uh a single cell like you say in in our body because um there's probably some part of our cells that still remembers what it's like to be a, a unicellular creature 
Um, but even if not, that's that's not the point. I think that being part of a, of a greater whole that's doing well, it it has to feel good. Maybe maybe in a much uh, gentler way than we're used to, but it's also a matter of what kind of um, what kind of um, range we're used to. So I think we're used to we're used to living in a place where the the highs are highs and the lows are lows. Uh, but there's something about living a life that's just more on the Tibetan plateau, you know, where everything is good. That is. You you can be there and learn to appreciate that you're you know, that you're up high on a on a plateau and kind of let go of some of the of the uh, big dips and of the high peaks because knowing that the, the the chasing itself involves a lot of a lot of wanting and clinging and um, getting to a peak almost certainly means that you're going to to go into a, a deep uh, crevice next. Um, yeah, so I think thinking long-term, thinking big about a super organism or something bigger than that is, is a big help of, uh, going through life without experiencing, um, really terrible places and being healthy is just, it feels very different from feeling pleasure, but it's. Yeah, I guess it's still ineffable to me, to be honest, but it's very, very good. I can say that. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, again, a number of things come up. Um, one, I, I guess what I want to reflect is you said, what would it feel like to live in something like an organism, a larger organism that's healthy and how that would yeah, that my sense is, oh, wow, yeah, that would be good. It's like to live in the ecology of a thing where flows of energy and gifts and letting go all happen naturally in that ecology. Um, but on a sort of different level of or a different angle on a conversation right now is that sense of and I'll ask you, let's say your opinion. I have this theory that feels really true to me. And I'm curious what your experience or sense is, which is like, I, I got, oh, the most, like if we're talking about affirmations, let's say, and wanting to affirm something into being, that the most powerful affirmation is what would it feel like if whatever that that we elicit in our being that visceral sense of what it would feel like to live in a harmonious organism or whatever the thing and then as we elicit that feeling in ourselves it's that actually that feeling that brings it to life. That's my theory. What do you think? Yeah, I really, really like it um, because um, I think just as it would be 
very um very useful to put into practice while thinking about the things that you think that are the type of things that we've been discussing right now like long-term well-being and things like that i think it's extremely applicable when it comes to the things that i think we tend to want growing up in in a western society so something like uh money or status or the new thing because a lot of the time when the when the want is is disembodied like you say you can just generally call this thing good and then tell yourself why would i not want a good thing to happen to me but i think when you do this exercise which you which you just outlined i think that for me very instinctively the kind of um emotion or feeling that comes along when i'm thinking about any of the of the things which you know from time to time um I'm prone to to wanting um so I'm not excluding myself there but I think the the feeling that rises is a kind of a a buzz associated with an ego trip with something um something that's very exciting but also very obviously unsustainable and and that's that's the problem with these things right that it's completely unsustainable in the sense that you're immediately going to want uh more um and if i apply it to health which is what i've learned in my life is really all we could hope for in this life is to be healthy for as long as possible and to be capable of healing for as long as possible and with the most efficiency um then the sense that they get is that of of um yeah harmony harmony that that is carried that is carried long term that is absolutely um not um kind of has has no reason to end right because why why would you be healthy and then not healthy like things are going to come out from the outside but you you have it in you to to heal and then the harmony keeps going on um so uh, i really like this exercise it's it's it reminds me of of um the exercise of you know i think that for example with coke or something like that there was a <laughs> with um not the drug but coca cola um when i was young there was a period where i i kept a, a bottle of, of coca cola I, i told my mom to keep it in the fridge and i really liked the stuff and i think at some point i read about people who are, who are just basically saying it's like next time when you drink it really pay attention to what's going on and it turns out that you can like something until you actually pay attention and then you're like this is such a weird drink that's black that has like six teaspoons of sugar in a can and it's like way too much and then you suddenly feel that you've been enjoying it but in the least aware way possible and it changes something um yeah and indeed i have no desire to drink coke now um, so this is what it reminds me of wow interesting yeah there's something about seeing what's actually happening just the seeing 
is makes so much difference. I I want to quiz you a little more. Uh, so what I'm feeling is like the the realizing oh my thing about the calling in through that sense of what would it feel like that actually oh that's a creative act to elicit that feeling and call forth that resonant frequency from the world and and then you talked about healing be in use some sentence that made me just think oh and here you're doing this podcast is this part of your being a healing presence in the world and this this is a of your creation you're making this podcast you're the creator of it and so I just want to like quiz you a little bit about your experience of being creator and being healer at the same time yeah thank you thank you for um yeah for for asking me this it feels good um yeah first of all i i'd like to think that i'm that i'm managing to do to do well um generally so that is good unto myself and good unto others by making this podcast and i think that um you know to go back to to the poem or but really to any creation story we call it creation story and i think a lot of the time we're very much thinking about the metaphysics about the um the figure whether it be god or whatever that created the thing and and kind of lose the 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 sense that um there is creation in there and that creating something is special it's it's very special to be creating and to be creative so creativity the act of um I don't want to say uh, relating to uh, disparate things and being able to hold them in one mind. And then whether you're going to realize this in the sense that you're going to, to make it come into being and creating, or even if it's just putting two things together and seeing what comes up, there is something so inherently pleasurable. And I've mentioned it on, on different podcasts, but I'm going to, say it again because it's so important creativity and being creative is the only sustainable act uh that's uh of um creating of getting pleasure basically it's the only sustainable pleasurable thing and the reason is that anything any kind of pleasure that comes about from extraneous thing um they're going to be novel one time two times three times but for anything like that there's going to be tolerance built built up whereas when when we do the novel thing there is no tolerance to build to creativity it's by definition novel uh introduces novelty into our lives so i think when we talk about the creation story now we have to think about not we have to think about us not not just as things that were created 
but also take it as a, a story where we can put ourselves in the shoes of the creator and become a creator and realize that we can make as much pleasure for ourselves through creating without sacrificing anything, without um, feeling down afterwards because we can just create another thing. There's no dip. There's no, um, yeah, there's no depletion. So th that, that is it for me. That's, that's the importance of, of creativity, uh, both in the sense of novel um, understanding and novel um, production or put, bringing something into the world. Wow. I've never thought about it that way. That's beautiful. And it, it comes back to somehow self, like if it, that creativity is self-generated pleasure and yourself is always there. It's always there to it's not going to go somewhere. You're always with yourself. And so you always have that, that hit of the drug right there, ready for you. And it, it doesn't deplete you. Well, the act of creation, you know, think of birthing a child, like that's not sustainable to, to be in the birth moment forever, but that, yeah. So there is a risk, I think, in creating but um but it's it's always that self generativity feels really beautiful yeah yeah i think i think if there is any risk it's probably if you if you get it and and that's that's the thing that you're that you're chasing um i suppose that living in a society that doesn't necessarily reward people who, who create and doesn't necessarily uh, support them, then I guess you could kind of grind yourself to the ground doing it if you are so caught up in this, in this process of, of creating, then maybe um, you, might use, you might lose your um, survival instinct even. So I think... Uh, yeah, that could be a danger, which is also the the onus of solving it is is also on the society because we should appreciate artists very much and learn from them. Um, yeah, so there is a risk, I suppose. Yeah, I think when I said there's a risk, what was I meaning? Well, just that it it can take all of you. Like a mother, there's a risk in childbirth for the mother to die because it takes every ounce of her capacity to bring that creation into being. And so, yeah, I guess it's it's kind of back to what you said. Also, mm -hmm. does the do we live in a world that supports creativity? What would it feel like if we lived in a society that cultivated everyone's healing, creative gifts. Yeah. Um, I just tweeted today, I think, about how I see 
people who who feed cats you know at least in israel i think there's in they're in every culture but people who are kind of marginalized who are are less than widely appreciated in their community i'm talking about the community in which i live in and a lot of these people find their salvation in in taking care of somebody else and a lot of the times it's it's the stray cats outside so making sure they have water making sure they have food and i see this as a symptom of uh in a in a culture that doesn't know how to appreciate people um with with a wish to to heal to care for others and you know instead they're just marginalized and that's that's what they're uh, that's how they're kind of fulfilling their potential in some way but i think in a in a healthier society i think these people are recognized as as healers as and they are let um they are given a place to be part of society not that they're not going to take care of cats but they're not going to be marginalized and so i'm just saying this to see that i definitely see symptoms of how we're not there yet i see it in many other things but just that that's just one novel thought that i had today novel for me um yeah i'm i'm going to go back to harmony i think that hearing a harmony that again is is changing because it's 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 being made by a creative force either the individual or a society made up of individuals who have transcended themselves to create a a a, a well super organism the harmony is never going to stop and never going to get old because it's it's going to be creative and that's that's how i view it as a completely sustainable um yeah source of of well-being what what are some um other ways uh, in terms of day-to-day life or some examples that you can think of that are related to this sense of not feeling uh disconnected and um yeah disjunct from the the rest of the people do you use anything else to to get to that point to cultivate that compassion and love or are there any other tools that we should be looking at yeah you know i it just keeps coming back to self and love and yeah it's a little bit like i'm just on that groove right now to to know that too where i'm at right now is really realizing how much in the past something in me was taught to hate myself and and the little ways and the big ways that that comes into play. And these days, making the conscious choice when I feel and recognize something as, as like, oh, that, 
even literally like, oh, that pain in my arm right now, I know is caused because I'm having some kind of self-critical thought and it's sort of like a contraction. I can feel those subtle things. And it's like, oh, that, that contraction in my arm is self-hatred embodied right now. So let me consciously like release that energy, not just not just tolerate the pain in my arm, but like in a way psychically, like take that almost like a shackle. There's a shackle and I have a, a key and I'm unlocking it like with my mind's eye and letting that go. And, and moments like that, where it's just like making the self-loving choice, even on just that subtle level. And that, then that extends into like it's not different from your coke can story or bottle it's it's like is this when i see what's actually happening does it resonate for me i mean that's just another way of saying is it self-loving to drink this bottle of coke let me see what it is to drink this and oh, actually, that doesn't feel good. And and yeah, just to bring more and more awareness to that. And why does that matter? Is because then the more I do that for myself, I mean, it's it sounds like things people have heard a million times, but it's like I create in my own sort of auric field this sense of caring and so then that has the potential to extend out into i'm just showing up as a more caring person like slowly but surely being kinder to my mom for example where i felt disharmony or something but then when i'm showing up as my own harmonized version of myself, then I can be more kind and compassionate with her. And that feels really Mm. cool. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what comes up. No, it, 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 it does. And I think at least in the, in the circles I'm part of, it's like, borderline cliche at this point because it's such a, a widely uh, read book but you know the the title of Bessel van der Kolk's uh, book The Body Keeps the Score and um, knowing that it is the case and it's almost a, a cheat code for finding disharmonies that still need um, to be resolved it's, it's just a really good way to do that by um, getting in touch with our bodies again and finding the, the kinks that need to be straightened out uh, for sure um, because you brought up kind of uh, generational pain and that's also something that I've been thinking about lately I'm just going to ask you something about your, your intuition of it but I have been struggling to make up my mind. Um, maybe struggling is not the way <laughs> struggling, but I, I, I've had a hard time making up my mind about whether we are generally at a low point in history where 
there is a lot of generational trauma that people have suffered and it's uh development of let's say the last centuries or or thousands of years or actually are we in a place that's better than ever before where there is actually awareness to to these things for the first time in history where the healing is accelerated and i just wonder what you think do you think like people let's say 15000 years ago were they free of trauma because they were more naturally in tune with their bodies or were they or was there more trauma just because their reality around them was more violent i i find it like a hard question to answer i'm wondering what you think yeah it's an interesting thought exp- intuition experiment right um my sense if i put myself back then is that there there was probably less enculturated ideas of right and wrong behavior and so the same way and maybe in that book you mentioned he t- i forget if he talks about like you know when an animal in the wild goes through a trauma they shake it off right like they yeah, that's, they that's more uh, waking the tiger by peter levine but mm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so they they shake off that trauma in the moment and in our world we don't we're not allowed to be weird like that right it's not normal but just like an animal humans as animals more in touch i would say with our animal nature years and years ago because we didn't have the the like the culture is also has evolved and built upon itself over the years and so we are living in a very different culture than we could have possibly lived in before because culture is made over time um mm-hmm. so i feel like it must have been very different um and I I find it really interesting and I've thought experimented with this about you know that that humans are born premature because the, the birth canal is smaller and we you know get out before we can even think to walk like a baby horse would in a few minutes mm-hmm. or whatever and and that that allows us to have this um capacity to adjust to whatever environment we're born into because our brains are still developing and all that and so it makes us very malleable as babies to to live in whichever environment and so so even our great 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 ancestors also were premature and so to me that premature birth is like an inherent trauma like the perfect parents are never going to be able to catch every moment perfectly and make sure that a developing baby isn't going to have some kind of trauma happen in some way and i guess i just don't see that as possible and so it feels like it it's built into the human system and the thought experiment that i had a while back was why why did we do that why did we decide to walk standing up 
when the price was so high to be born premature and okay so we get to we get to i i got the idea from daniel schmachtenberger that that because we're born early that makes us adaptable but the the theory i came up with was that it freed up our hands and our hands are the extension of our creativity that it was that capacity to be creative that made it worth evolving the way we did to have our hands be our tools. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. Um, yeah, there, there were definitely a, a series of, of evolutionary steps that made us diverge from, from the rest of the animal kingdom. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, it's widely accepted that, you know, having opposable thumbs and walking upright is just something that, uh, made the, the range of things we can, we can create so large and, um, our brain had to, yeah, had the freedom basically to, to think about, uh, what to do. So I really like this thought for sure. Um, yeah, I'd like to, uh, I'd like first to like one last time, maybe reflect on the whole theme of the conversation and thinking about creation, creativity, harmony, and, um, maybe you have, uh, one last reflection on how to kind of relate it to, to living well one last time for our listeners. Mm. Well, what comes to mind is to share a simple, but I feel very sort of fundamental DNA kind of level practice. It's kind, it, it's just how I've seen it work and it, yeah. So I was looking at my creative process years ago and, and looking at deconstructing how it is that I do what I do creatively. And one element in that sort of, it wasn't a model. It was more like just trying to describe what happens and what happens in a process of creativity where something magic happens. And like, I want to draw this drawing as a healing gift for my friend who's sick. So how do I just make a drawing that's healing? Like, I don't know how to do that. Like, that's magic. If it actually it does have this healing quality, how does that happen? And so a key element of that happening, as I've thought about it, it's sort of honed into a very simple three-part thing, which is align, ask, and act. Align, ask, and act. And that's a it's circle that just keeps continuing. And so the align would be, we could say, get into resonant harmony with whatever it is that calls you to express it in harmony. Maybe it's just get in harmony with yourself. Tune into the feeling of what beauty is. Ask for 
well, actually align with whatever the healing source of life is. So to come into harmony, resonance, align, that's the first thing. And then from the place of alignment, ask, what next? Okay, here I am in my in my resonant self on the fractal layers that include the whole and myself and all the parts. What next? And then in the mandala drawing process that I have a video we could link to, what next is simple. It's like, should I put a line or a squiggle or, you know, just what is the next shape I put into the mandala? Say, what next? And then accept the answer. Okay, I got it. From this sense of resonant space, I asked the question, the answer came. And then to do it, to actually put it on the paper, to actually figure out how to take the action to bring that to life. And then after the action, there's that acknowledgement there's the appreciation and then alignment again. So align, ask, act. And if any of those things are missing, then I'll use the word healing doesn't happen. Mm. If, if I'm not either, I don't have to stop and align and stop and ask, but as I'm getting the hang of it, or if I ever lose balance, coming back to that three-part process gets me back into that flow, right? And um, so if I'm not aligned, then it's action that's not doing good. Mm -hmm. If I'm not asking, then I might not do it the most intelligent way. If I'm not doing it, then it's not helping anything. To, it's disempowered. So each of those is important. And so that's what I leave with that align, ask, and act. I love it. I love it. And to me, intuitively, it goes to the, um, let's say, what usually they'd be called four cardinal virtues in ancient Greece, but um, they're also processes. Uh, they're also active there are also activities um and and these would be um wisdom justice uh persistence i would say and and temperance so doing things in an orderly way and i think it all's um kind of maps onto this thing which you just say so a line would be knowing good from bad and understanding it within the context of a situation and that would be uh, wisdom. Um, you would have ask, which is kind of looking at the orderly way of doing things in order. And that would be uh, temperance. Um, you would have um, yeah, acting, which I think would be um, kind of an, an, an act of justice because you are trying to, to benefit actively and then persisting throughout the whole thing. So um, I don't know, that's, that's what came to my mind. And I, I really like this, this model for sure. Yeah, 
Maya, this has been uh, amazing. And, you know, it's it's the deep dive, but some dives are even deeper. So I'm, I'm definitely happy that we, we got to these depths or heights, uh, whatever they are. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah, I want to thank you. I I am glad that I asked you a few questions and got to to learn so much from you in this time together and and feeling also that sense of appreciation for whoever has listened to our conversation and thank you for bringing your heartful presence into the world. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, before we go, would you like to tell listeners, um, about, uh, where some of your, uh, work could be find, found because it's not just rhymes and mandalas, there's even more. So, uh, please. Yeah. I, right now, um, my website is maya.love. That's M-A-J-A dot L-O-V-E. And, um, and I'm in my process of finding what it is that I specifically, how I serve. But for now, I serve through just a lot of different creative gifts and some different models and things that I've outlined. But yeah, please visit my website and enjoy uh, exploring different different streams that you'll find there. Fantastic. So yeah, go do that. And uh, Maya, I hope we'll uh, get to do more of that. I look forward to more conversations.